Are you in charge of your mind or is it in charge of you? More on that coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. Welcome to the show. I'm Kelly, and every Friday, I talk about the mental side of active living. And as you guys heard in the intro, I'm also the author of Feel Like It, which, for those of you who like to read with their ears... I'm very happy to say that now it's available as an audiobook on Audible and on Amazon. That's where you can find it. I'm biased, but I think this book is a great training partner as you go through your motivation transformation, as you try and embed fitness and physical activity into your life as a lifestyle. And as an audiobook now, you can get your fix on the mental side of fitness while you're at the gym or on a hike, on a run or motoring around in your car. So I'll leave a link to it in the show notes for you to check out. For today's episode, I'm going to pull something out of my mental training toolbox to help you when things get difficult. And by difficult, I really mean when you've either hit a wall, you've encountered some mental strain in your journey. That can manifest in a lot of different ways, and we'll get into that a little bit later. This approach that I'm going to go through today is something I've used quite a bit when working with athletes. Now, you don't have to be competitive or a serious athlete to apply it, but a lot of mental performance coaching is directed at elite performance. I think that sells some of these skills short because there's several mental skills that can help us get moving more often and do that in a more enjoyable fashion. So this, of course, is about, or the show is about, living a happily active lifestyle, right? That's the theme of this podcast. It's really about showing up consistently and enjoying quality exercise, which, of course, if we establish it as a pattern in our lives, breeds the motivation that propels us to several positive outcomes like better mental health, better physical health, and even deeper community or social connection, which is one of the aspects of fitness that doesn't get discussed a lot these days. And if you have an ambition to be faster, get stronger, or you just have ambitious performance goals, this episode has value too, because as I mentioned, this concept, this approach that I'm going to talk about travels well across our interests. And you'll see why as I dive in. So we're going to get practical this week. Let's jump in between our ears and shed some light on some of the action that's going on in there, or some of the action that can go on in there. First off, I want to say no journey is failure free. There's always setbacks. Every single fitness history I've ever gathered, even elite performers, even those histories have its share or their share of failure. And by failure, I mean we either don't meet our own personal expectations for exercising, whether that is the quality of the experience or the quantity or some other metric that we're shooting for. And so it really does matter how you feel, your emotional reactions to certain obstacles. That's really part and parcel of this topic today. So if exercising is going to be a more regular part of your week and physical activity is to become a lifestyle, whether it's competing or not, it's worth becoming self-aware of some of the mental mayhem that can come with making changes, doing something that you haven't necessarily done or trying to get better at something that you have yet to really master, which is consistent, regular, enjoyable physical activity. And 
it does require some self-awareness and reflection when you're trying to make some of these changes. Some of them might be really whole scale changes for you where you're not starting off with a, a rich fitness history that you're just sort of new to fitness. And that's totally fine. So you're likely, no matter where you are in your journey, to encounter obstacles, whether you have been doing this for years or decades, or you're just getting into it. I wanted to create this episode that applies to uh, whatever situation you're in and prepare you perhaps for situations that might come up in the future. So making and then maintaining change requires some self-knowledge. We need to know our tendencies to prepare for them, or at least to prepare for them effectively. And hopefully by doing so, we can correct some of these patterns that are holding us back. At least we can tackle them or tackle the lowest hanging fruit out there that is really causing the most mayhem, if you will. What we think when we hit adversity or a setback or an obstacle is such an an apple, a low-hanging apple. Remember, the world isn't designed for us to be regularly active. Modern life suppresses the need to move. So it's always a little bit of an uphill climb. We can make that climb easier or flatten it out as best as we can. And it's best that we're ready for tough times or tough workouts, for example, because this is a default status. And I've stated repeatedly that fitness is a relationship between you and your body and your mind and the activities you choose to do, even how you choose to do those activities. And our mind in this equation is by far the biggest wild card. It can be this unpredictable part of the equation. Our thoughts can be almost mysteriously random and negative and discombobulating. And as spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle says, and I quote this, the mind is a superb instrument if used rightly. Used wrongly, however, it becomes very destructive. To put it more accurately, it is not so much that you use your mind wrongly, you usually don't use it at all. It uses you. All the things that truly matter, beauty, love, creativity, joy, inner peace, arise from beyond the mind. This is a perfect summation of how most people experience the mental battle with fitness, at least it is to me. Collectively, we spend so much more time on the physical and the technical side of fitness, maybe even the tactical if you like to compete in a sport or something like that, but we spend a minuscule fraction of our time getting our mind in order or even mentally preparing ourselves for new frontiers in our fitness journey. And just look at any fitness section in the bookstore. How many books are there on the physical side, the physiology? There's programs, there's workouts. These kind of books rule, yet we are still surprised when we are unable to deal with the mental landmines in this journey when they go off. And this is part of the reason why I even wrote Feel Like It. I just heard things from people that would be a perfect addition to what I think is going on out there in our endeavor our collective endeavor to be more active and fight some of the default settings that are working against us. There's just not a lot of content about the mental and emotional side of fitness, at least not beyond things like goal setting, which if you've heard earlier shows, I take a critical position on that practice too. So I just think there are other important things to figure out before goals can be set effectively. If you feel like your mind uses you more often than you use it, then let's pick that apart a little bit further with, I guess, a practical thought experiment today. And this is something that you can eventually pull into your practice of quality, of seeking quality fitness experiences and responding well 
to setbacks along the way. So what are the thoughts you keep getting when things get hard for you? How do you react when you struggle during a workout or during exercise or one of those days where you just don't have it? Things just don't feel the same as they did yesterday. What are your thoughts? What are your thought patterns when the struggles continue over a few days or a few weeks? What's the inner dialogue that keeps coming up? How does your mind treat you between runs or rides or classes? And I usually have a question of the week and I save it for the end, but I'm going to ask it right now. I'm going to ask it earlier on in the episode. So these reactions, these thoughts that you have along the way, are you choosing these thoughts or are they happening to you? A lot of our automatic thoughts are influenced by default culture or even some of the negative beliefs or doubts we've picked up over the years. And that can come from a variety of sources. Past negative experiences or even traumatic moments rear ourselves or rear themselves, sorry, in our inner narrative. And when we struggle, there's a laundry list of examples. Our thoughts become, our negative thoughts can become things like, here we go again, or this is too hard, or I knew I couldn't do this, or you're just embarrassing yourself. Or on the judgmental side, people are going to think X, Y, or Z about me. And you might have your own to that list, but there are certain reactions we have when things aren't going well, if we hit a wall or we're not successful in pushing towards some sort of goal that we've set or some sort of expectation we set for ourselves. And maybe there's one from that list that keeps coming back to you over and over again, or there's something, uh, some a thought of your own that keeps on coming back over and over again. So it's not necessarily the content of the, the thought. We're not going to talk necessarily about the content of the thought. But the pattern of behavior, mental behavior that happens as we go through this struggle. It's good to know about the mental tendencies of this negative self-talk, like the general pattern that plays itself out rather than the specific content. And that tendency is this. Too many of our thoughts are reactionary. They just show up unfiltered. And kind of like that quote I said earlier from Eckhart Tolle about our thoughts using us, They can be very destructive, and they're often swinging a hammer at our self-esteem and our self-worth when things aren't going to plan. And these thoughts ultimately sow a lot of self-doubt in our abilities, and like I said, it hurts our self-esteem. It hurts how we see ourselves. And so the tip today is all about self-awareness, or a big part about about it is self-awareness. And it has two parts. I'm going to break this sort of mental exercise into two parts, this tip, if, if you will. Part one, I call reading the reaction, and it has a few steps, three steps. So step one in reading the reaction is just to identify the situations that lead to unwanted thoughts in your fitness journey. Are these unwanted thoughts happening when you're on the scale, if you're weighing yourself? Are they during a race? Uh, If you miss a day, what are the situations that lead to these unwanted thoughts that are harming your journey? What are the thoughts and the feelings that are associated with that. That's step two. Identify what the thoughts and feelings are in these situations. And step three, optional, I guess, but it's usually good to log them, to take note of what these thoughts are. And over time, you'll see some patterns about when you start this negative dialogue and how you feel, but also what the thoughts are. Maybe you keep on telling yourself that you're lazy. Maybe you keep on telling yourself that you're not strong enough, etc., etc. Some people believe that, you know, the objective should be to eliminate negative thought. That is completely 
unrealistic. There's a belief that you should never have these negative thoughts. And that's just super hard. And I don't think it's realistic. Some of these thoughts can have deep roots back into our childhood, for example. Maybe they come from a bullying episode when you were seven or eight or a negative experience in phys ed or gym class when you were a teenager. Of course, it would be great not to have them, but let's just get realistic here. A lot of that stuff will be hard to pry out of your out of your head. And let's go into part two. Part one was about reading the reaction. After you have a healthy sense of self-awareness about what you think and where you think it, at least the destructive thoughts, the destructive reactions, you can now move on to choosing the thoughts you'd like to have. What freely chosen thoughts do you want to bring in? And so in this task, in part two, make a short list. What are the thoughts or phrases that you want to bring in when you are facing this obstacle? Pick thoughts that resonate and have a little bit of impact on you. And you might even, it might come to a point where you might even laugh at this critical, sabotaging inner voice that's causing all this mayhem that just randomly shows up and berates you for whatever expectation you fail to meet. It's almost like you're not meeting your own expectation. You're trying to meet the expectation of this little, little voice. And some people will say, well, that's the ego. That's the human ego. And so we have to separate ourselves from our egos a little bit here. So in part one, become self-aware of your reactions to the obstacles, your reactions to these setbacks. And part two is really about choosing your reactions to that with your thoughts first. And it's very easy to live in a reactionary state all the time. And if there's one thing that yoga, for example, has has taught me is that we need to create more opportunities to create space between us and these thoughts. It's good to create some separation so that we can have healthier reactions to what's going on and begin to choose our to choose our narrative that we're creating and and bring in some self-care, some mental self-care into the equation or self-love as Elisa Kurlowitz shared in our interview and I think it was episode eight or nine, she talked about self-love and how self-awareness is super important to that whole process. And I couldn't agree more. Self-awareness is one of these mental skills that is something that we can really build a lot of things off of. And so one of the things that we're really talking about here is to observe, be an observer to the reactions when they happen. Allow the reactions to happen. If we have the ability to observe and be a little bit objective in this situation, mentally objective, we can see that these thoughts, what these thoughts are doing and allow our reactions to occur, but then choosing the next course of action. And that can include choosing language that is more self-compassionate. What I'm basically saying is be more of a bystander to all of this mayhem. Treat it as if it's not really you who's spouting these sabotaging and destructive thoughts. After all, if it was you doing all this chirping, the true you, who's the one listening? With that, thanks for dropping by. I hope you found this thought experiment, this exercise useful. And I hope you have a week of motivating movement. I'll be running the half marathon in Ottawa's race weekend. So check out my Instagram at kelly.dell, that's D-O-E-L-L for my updates. And while you're there, follow the show at Happily Ever Active Show. And until next time, here's to living happily ever active. This episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.